Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production is meant to provide meaningful support to find great careers faster. Whether you're working or not. Today's episode, we're talking about managing the voice in your head. In fact, this episode is brought to you by... The Anatomy, Anatomy of, of a Networking, networking conversation. conversation. It's our free ebook. You can download it at jobseekersradio.com. It walks you through the four different components involved in a networking conversation, and we have that as a free gift for you. In today's show, we want to talk about managing the voice in your head. It's something everyone has. We all talk to each other. Uh, to what degree may differ between people, but we are always telling ourselves a story. A lot of times we build the story based on assumptions we make because we don't know the answers to the questions we ask ourselves. So we actually want to address that today. And we're asking ourselves a lot of questions already. If right. you've if you've been in a job or are between jobs, you've probably asked some of these questions of yourself. You know, why why am I not getting promoted? Right. Why did that person get the role and not me? Uh, why did I not get a callback? Why have I not been? If you're working, why have I not been included in conversations that affect my team? And this can affect your your mindset. Everything does. Yeah, and, and your confidence. Right. Everything emotionally speaking that makes you an exceptional employee and a great person. Right. Yeah. And and suddenly you don't have answers. If you've been unemployed for any length of time, it's likely you've asked yourself whether or not you're employable. That is another very common question. So what we want to do today is to sort of give some alternatives to these questions. They're common questions. We hear them all the time in the work that we do. And we'd like to help possibly to reframe the questions as they pop up. Questions are a really powerful tool to redirect your mind into something way more productive. Exactly. And we use them in coaching all the time. And, And so our objective here today really is to give you a list or a series of questions that you might think about to open your mind to another possibility to direct your efforts to a positive end for you, which could be a promotion or whatever it is you're seeking. Right. Coming back to the common question, why am I not getting a job? Andrew, tell us, what do you think would be a better question to ask? What is it that I bring to the marketplace that other people could use or that is beneficial or that I feel I'm I'm here to do? Right. That, that's a great way to turn it around. Instead of looking at why you're not getting the job, be clear on why you should get it. Whatever that job is, now we get into, and we won't go into detail on this podcast about your branding statement or how to market yourself and your abilities, but that's the direction this takes. When you have a clear answer to that question, when the question comes up, why am I not getting hired? Let's start by reframing it about what do I bring to the table. And be very cautious of virtually any why question, because often it could be something that has no answer. Right. That you continually, well, why don't I have that? And why don't I have this? And it just, it's an endless loop kind of question. Well, especially because the answer could be different for every person you ask. Exactly. Even if they were to tell you the truth. That means there's no answer. Right. And that can be frustrating. That can be deflating. There's a lot of reasons why I would not use a why question. So here's another question. Why did I not get that interview when I'm qualified? 
what is the process inside that company to get to interviews? A lot of people don't know that. I mean, I don't know if from one company to the next or even one requisition to the next right. or one recruiter to the next, what that process is inside that company to get to an interview. Now, is Oh, 10 years ago, if you had told me, well, actually, people had told me that <laughs> companies were, were using, more and more companies were using automated systems to accept and and manage the resumes that were coming in. And I just sort of laughed that off because ATSs were fairly new in terms of the technology, but it was surprising to me how quickly even small companies had jumped onto that bandwagon because it freed up their time. Well, it, when you think about that becoming the norm, that could be an answer right there why you're not getting in the interview. However, the uh, one way to twist that is going to be what is bringing me the interviews that I am getting? So now you're looking at objective data rather than the subjective assumptions. And you can work with that more easily. And that's tailored to your experience. Sure is. Right? So for you, it would be a different answer. But because you asked yourself the answer, you're going to find it. And that's the nice thing about this process is if you ask yourself the answers or the questions, you're likely to find an answer. Okay? Because your mind is designed to search for it. Okay? And we're looking for patterns, right? It, exactly. And so the question that I get a lot is how long is this going to take? Right? <laughs> right? How long yeah. is it going to take for me to find a job? Or how long is it going to take for me to get promoted or whatever it is, Boy, fill in the blank. If we could answer that question for everybody, we'd be rich. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'd be sipping a Mai Tai in Maui, not yeah. talking to you right that, now. <laughs> hey. Well, we'd be doing it together. There you go. In Maui. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Here's another question. How do I know if I'm interviewing well? And how do I get better? Why, why are they not giving me feedback? Well, a lot of times that's because they don't want to get themselves into any legal trouble. Right. What can I do instead? That is a better question. What can I do to practice my interviewing skills? So I'm going to ask you, who can you talk to that could help you practice? Who might be able to do some role playing with you? Yeah. Well, practice is the thing you control. Exactly. It's in your locus of control. How the interview turns out is not in your control. Right. Okay. Whether you get a call back or a second interview or an offer or they pull that requisition. I mean, there's so many different things that can happen at, after an interview right. that are totally outside your control. And we beat ourselves up over those unnecessarily. And I'm, I'm sure both of us, anybody listening to this, I'm sure, has had the experience where you felt you knocked that interview out of the park and that was it. You get the rejection email you know, a week or two later. And there's no explanation for it. No connection at all. It's not in my control is the answer to that question. Instead of beating myself up, I can always go back and practice that interview, review it with someone that I trust and who is a good interviewer. We all know somebody in our lives who, who does a fairly good job at interviewing. So role play with that person. Okay, these are the things that we talked about. This is what I said. Get, do a little bit of role playing, even though that may feel a little odd for those who haven't done that before. It is great practice. So the next time you have an interview, you're already prepared. The other question I get a lot, Scott, is um, I've been at this now for nine months. Um, what's wrong with me? Yeah, I get that question, too. I've even asked that question. And I always come back with the same answer. There's nothing wrong with you. Now, 
What can you do differently? And that question is answered by whatever you have learned from your experiences. So when you think about the things that have worked, what in your past have you done that got you the job? Are you aware of anything that was within your control that you feel put you in the best position? Is there a way to recreate that moment? If Whether it's what you said, how you said it, with whom you were speaking, whatever that is, is there a way for you to recreate it? You can take any of these negative-focused questions and turn them right around to the positive. Absolutely. Okay. Why is it? Well, that's probably a bad one, right? We, we why? Decide, right. Uh, well, actually, this would be a positive why, right? Why is it that all these companies paid you to do the work that you did? Oh, I love that. Right? That's a why, great why question. Why, did, why would they do that? Right. Well, I did this job. Well, why didn't, you know? So we do the five whys. But the other one I get a lot is, um, what am I doing wrong? Or what's, what am I missing? What am I doing wrong? What am I missing? Presumes that something is missing. So how, how would you turn that one around? Well, I generally, when I get these questions that really, it, this is about what's going on inside your own head, I will turn that to what's going on for you right now. Because often what we are feeling in the moment, we project somehow and we're not always aware of how. So if I'm not really feeling good about myself, even though I go to an interview and it's for a position that I'm well qualified for or whatever, it, it's entirely possible that I am projecting something that is coming from that place of feeling down or feeling um, underqualified. Yeah. Inadequate was the right. word I was looking for. And so now, if I instead think about what's going on for me, what is it? Where am I right now in this moment? I can then ask the next question, what can I do right now to feel better about my situation? And there is usually something now, when I was unemployed for a three-year period, by the end of that three years, that was a very difficult question for me to ask. But I could still find positive things in the people that, that supported me and the environment that I was in. That was a, a nurturing environment, albeit they weren't able to help me get a job because it was family. But by changing my mindset before the conversations with potential employers, I think is what helped me get there. Let And this is probably a good point for us to pause and, and really acknowledge that everybody is at a different place in of their course. search and they're all struggling with different things. So we're not, we're not trying to belittle mm -hmm. the process or in some way make you feel lower than you currently are. By, by going through these kind of conversations. Yeah, great point. It, we're only doing this because we've been in those situations. Right. And we don't want to present any of these ideas as platitudes. That's the one thing that was really uh, frustrating for me when I was unemployed for a long period was when people are trying to reassure me and they say, oh, your, your next job is just around the corner. Uh, how many corners do I have to turn, right? Um, so and, you're asking yourself another question. There. Right. Well, but, but the idea is we are both coaches. We understand the power of questions. So when you think about your own moment where you're struggling, where you're wondering what the heck is wrong with me or why am I not employable? That is the moment where you have to ask yourself a better coaching question and coach yourself. And for those who just aren't skilled at that yet, 
or who are in an emotional place where they just can't ask themselves that question, that's when you reach out to somebody who can. Wherever you can find it. Right. Yeah. Send or, us a message or, and we can help with that. Or just listen to all of our, our episodes yeah. over and over Just again. listen to us. Yeah. No. Well, see here, I mean, I think the good point that you had there that I took away from that, Scott, is self, this idea of self-coaching. Yeah. Is that you can take any one of these questions we're talking about and craft your own. So, you know, the one that you may come up with is uh, what ju- what adjustments can I make to move my search forward even yeah. in my current situation? Sure. Because sometimes we keep doing the same things and we're not getting the results. So right. we got to change something. Yeah. So Otherwise, we are insane, insane. right? Insane. By, well, by we're definition. All insane. Yeah, there's, well. there's certain things we repeat that we know we shouldn't. So True. And and in that, we expect a different result. That That is the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing and expecting something different. As we think about that, even one small tweak can totally change your tra- trajectory. You think about 360 degrees around us, and that's, uh, you know, full degrees. We're not do- separating them into 0.5, right? The idea is you change your direction by one degree. In the short term, that's really not very far. After a while, you're further and further away from where you had been headed. Take that one degree shift and take it as far as you can. And if that's not working, then you shift it another degree. Mm-hmm. And you keep that that learning going because you will find things are working better or worse, okay? What shift do I need to make to move in the other direction? And as you get more skilled at that, the mm. easier it becomes. Not because shifting is easy, but because your ability to do it changes as you practice. I heard a similar metaphor and that was uh, boiling water. Uh, um, a book called 212 Degrees, that um, uh, uh, water goes from being a, a solid, right? Right. To a, a gas, right? A liquid to a gas at 212 degrees. So it's interesting how one degree can make such a transformational change. Great. So, Great analogy. So think about that. You know, what can you do? What is the, what is the one thing you could do today to put you one step closer to where you want to be? Is that uh, reading a book or doing a, um, I don't know, listening to a podcast like this one or whatever? Well, and I also, we've talked about it in the past, but the idea, give yourself a break. Yeah. If you're like me and you just don't stop, you have your goal and you keep pressing and you keep pressing and you keep pressing and you eventually get tired, rest. Give yourself permission to take a break. Often we are hardest on ourselves. And I know people might be thinking with that statement, oh, yeah, but that person that I know is lazy. Well, let's not think about that because lazy people are really in the minority. They truly are. If you've known people who really take the easy way out of any given situation or the path of least resistance to get something done, that's usually a learned behavior. Everyone starts a job or whatever they're they're doing, maybe a break from work that they get to choose, you know, a mm. sabbatical, they start out with the best of intentions. What stops them is a whole bunch of other conversations that happen. So what we're trying to do here is to stop ourselves from having those negative conversations that keep us down in a job search. And sometimes it just takes a break. 
so that you can get the rest you need, the emotional rest, and then you can get all of your energies back at play in your search. Get out of the house. Take a walk. Where, where can I go to get gain better perspective on my situation? Right. And most people have a place that they like to go to think, whether that's the beach, up into the mountains, a lake, whatever that might be. Even the right? library. Quiet, Even the library. Quiet, quiet corner yeah. of the library, whatever it is. For you, sometimes it's just getting out of your environment right. and, and looking at something different. You know, I think the other thing that I hear a lot is I put in all these applications why am I not getting any results or why why is it that companies are not treating me as a candidate like a human being, even though they're called human resources? Right. I won't get into too much detail about that, the history of why we're called human resources and and all that. And right now, the trend is to change it to the people, the, the, the people department or the people division right. or organization or whatever. And, and really, HR is still HR. But with that said, um, remember that HR is generally there within the company, one, to protect it from its employees and um, uh, potential employees. Uh, meaning avoiding um, legal liabilities, right? It's also there to process the information the company needs about the people working there. It's not as much about the people itself as it is about the processes they need to have everyone go through to provide a good workplace. So that's not taking anything away from really inspiring HR people. It's just we have laws, regulations, processes, compliance, whatever it looks like within our Risk. industries, we have things that we have to comply with. Yeah. And so that's often what takes up most of the time of HR. So as you're feeling like you're being dehumanized, remember that they probably don't have the bandwidth mm -hmm. to really reach out the way we'd like them to. Yeah. And we're all in that same boat at some point in our careers. As we're looking at this, remember that they do have processes, that you're fitting within the process. And instead of asking why, uh, you know, why they're not getting back to me, what's, what's wrong with me and, and going down that road, instead asking, what could I bring to that HR person, that recruiter, whether that's through an automated system or otherwise, that can differentiate me from the the, the rest mm -hmm. of the applicants. Or what what is a better way to get to the interview? Or what can I do, even though I've made an application, to wiggle my way yeah. into the... <laughs> well, now we get back into the conversation yeah. about networking and how do we meet the right people who can get us through that door whether that's through networking events, through industry events. There are all sorts of things that we can actually avail ourselves of if we take the time and effort to find them. Then there's the dreaded yes-no questions, which I think are they don't serve us very well. And so the one I had this week, which I thought was really interesting, was I'm, you know, I'm 61 years old. Do I have what it takes to do a career change? That was literally the question I had. I, I find that interesting because I just asked myself, although I'm not 61, but I just asked myself the same question very recently. It's, it's yeah. funny that comes up. What, how did you respond? Yes. But I knew what he was thinking. Right. Was yeah. no. I, right. I'm, it's I'm, too I'm, late. I doubt. I have doubt. So all that does is fuel my internal doubt. Right. About myself. Yeah. It, it, it's funny you bring it up because actually I don't, did, did we have this conversation? No. Be, it's it, a it, totally different it, it's so person. It's funny because 
I literally just weeks ago was having a similar conversation and and it's not that I'm making a, a specific change right now. I'm shifting gears a little bit. It's kind of exciting actually because asking the question, is it too late to change careers? And when I get the 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 response, no, it's not too late. Do I have what it takes? Yes, you have what it takes. Okay. Then what does that look like? And then it came back to the questions that you and I have posed each other. What do you really enjoy doing? Why is it that you enjoy doing that? And what does it bring to you? How can you do more of that? And so that has gotten me re-energized into the direction I'm currently on. It's a great question to have. Is it too late for me? Or do I have what it takes? Great question. Mm. The answer is always Yes, you have what it takes. And no, it's not too late. Because what you want, if you want it badly enough, you will do what it takes to go after it. If it matters to you. If it matters, mm -hmm. right. And, and you lose nothing. By not doing it, you lose time. And that's the one thing you can't get back. We've covered a lot of bases here today. And I just want to assure you that the show notes and resources are available if you want to download those and take a look at the transcripts. We'll have those on the website as well. You can get that at jobseekersradio.com forward slash 061. Just remember that even though we've brought up all these different kinds of questions, your questions may be unique and they will certainly feel unique to you. That's normal. That's true. Um, but as you learn coaching questions and you can coach yourself, you're going to be able to talk yourself through a lot of these moments. And if you can't, talk to the person that can help you have that conversation. In fact, when you go to the website, scroll down to the bottom, leave a comment, maybe Please. even share yeah. some of the questions that you thought of as you listened to this episode. Sure. And then we can do a follow-up episode later on to answer questions that you have, to perhaps give you some ideas on how to coach yourself through your questions, because we want you to have all the tools and resources you can possibly take with you on your journey. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. Your investment of time and attention is greatly appreciated. Head over to iTunes and subscribe to get future episodes. And while you're there, please, if you would, provide us a rate and review. We really appreciate the feedback. This is Andrew. And I'm Scott. In the words of Gloria Steinem, God may be in the details, but the goddess is in the questions. Once we begin to ask them, there's no turning back. Love that. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye.